This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great, you'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Hello, everyone. Today, I will be chatting with Lauren Dunaway. Lauren is a Tulane University professor, registered dietitian, and public health researcher. She is passionate not only about teaching, but about encouraging women to be their own health advocates and informed consumers. Lauren recently left a wellness MLM that she worked with for several years. She wants to share her experience and to be part of the discussion about how to address misinformation circulating online about nutrition and health. Lauren lives in New Orleans with her husband and three young daughters. In addition to Lauren's professional background in public health, she has many individual chronic diagnoses and deals with daily PTSD, anxiety, and other physical symptoms. She knows how difficult it can be to navigate the health system, to seek out alternative strategies, and to want to believe that something is different. She fell prey to the messaging and misinformation that wellness MLMs distribute, and she wants other women to know that they are not alone and how to be more discerning. In this episode, we talk about Lauren's experience working for an MLM for over five years, what she learned along the way, red flags she noticed, and more. Let's dive in. Just a little disclaimer before we start this episode, this podcast does not provide medical advice. The information on this podcast is for informational purposes only. No material on this site is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All right, everybody. Today, we have Lauren Dunaway. I'm so excited to talk with you today about multi-level marketing and your experience. Glad to have you. Thank you so much for having me. So as I mentioned earlier in the intro, Lauren is a professor over at Tulane University. She's also a registered dietitian. And Lauren, you had reached out to me and asked to, you know, share your experience with multi-level marketing and, you know, just to talk about it from that perspective. And I was really excited to interview you just because obviously I really love doing interviews like this. We've done a couple of them in the past. We actually did one on nutrition a few months ago. We did the food industry debunking with Food Science Babe. We even did, we did a clean beauty industry one in the past. And I have just, first of all, learned so much from those people. And, you know, for example, as we were talking before this, I no longer feel the need to buy any organic food. I can like feel confident in what I'm providing for my family and just didn't realize so many of the the things that, you know, I've learned along the way. And I feel like knowledge is power. The more, you know, 
the better you're going to be as far as making decisions for yourself and, and everybody around you. So I am excited to hear your personal experience because as we were saying, it doesn't matter you know, your education level, I just feel like you can get sucked into some of these things no matter what. And I was talking to you about how I was doing Young Living years and years ago. And I originally did it because I was like, oh, you know, I heard that burning essential oils is so much better for you than burning candles. And so I was really loving like creating, you know, these different scents to diffuse into my diffuser and oh, your, your kids will sleep better if you're diffusing lavender. And, you know, maybe they do. I don't know if it's placebo or not, but kind of got sucked in that way. But then hightailed it out of there when I realized we're trying to use these oils for actual medical conditions, which is which was just crazy to me, obviously, being in the medical field. So I'm excited to hear all about your story. So Lauren, if you don't mind, just explain to us what made you go down this MLM route? Like what drew you to that? Absolutely. The MLM that you joined. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think something, you know, people listening to this, they're like, oh, it's a Tulane professor. She's talking about MLMs. Like what is going on? But like you said, it, there are, and we'll get into this later, but there are, you know, all kinds of, there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of different MLMs and there are different strategies that they use. But for me personally, I have always had a lot of different like health stuff and meaning like kind of a lot of different symptoms. Doctors weren't sure how they were connected. I was passed from doctor to doctor. So kind of giving you this preview here that I actually did become interested in them because of how they were being marketed at the time for medicinal use, which we will unpack that as we go on with this. But I had, I was pregnant with my second daughter. I had I had to be hospitalized for my asthma. I mean, I was on all these different medicines you're not even supposed to be on when you're pregnant and just like really, really, really frustrated with my health and at my wit's end with my personal traditional medical care. And so I was like, well, like people are saying these essential oils are working. Maybe I'll try them. And the funny thing to me is that when I purchased my essential oils, it was in the, it was in May of 2015 and I didn't to be very clear, like was not using them therapeutically while I was pregnant, had my daughter started to use them, started to get into it. I didn't even know that it was an MLM. (laughs) I think in some ways I used to tout that as a good thing, like that the community that I was a part of didn't look like an MLM. But now I know that that may be misleading to people who joined. So I joined at that time because I really wanted some alternatives to support my own health. And I was at a really vulnerable time. I was a a new mom at a two-year-old and a newborn. I was working full-time. I was working on my PhD. And I was also craving community. So a lot of people don't understand this. And I think that there's a different discussion and I'll be brief with this, but a lot of, there's two different discussions about like the messaging that wellness MLMs use versus the the business structure of an MLM, but in this case, they overlap. So what people don't understand is that when someone joins an MLM, you come, an, you become an independent distributor. And so you are, quote unquote, independently marketing these products, selling these products, getting other people to sell these products. What has become very common in the age of social media is that people have created communities and groups and they have cute names and they have Facebook groups, they have merchandise they have education, they have training. And so it really fills a need for community, especially for young moms. So I got in it, I bought the oils, 
wanting to kind of look at more homeopathic ways to support my health. But what kept me and what really kind of kept me in it for as long as it did was the was the community. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, you're looking, I think that's why in kind of, this is about what you're saying, but it's kind of hightailing off. But I've had a lot of people reach out to me expressing that they were scared to leave social media because that's where they find community as a new mom. And so when I was talking a lot about leaving social media and, you know, the benefits of it and and how you could try to find community outside of that, a lot of people were just like, well, I'm really scared because this is like the one place that I feel accepted and that I can kind of talk to people about what I might be experiencing. And outside of this, you know, my friends don't have kids yet, or, you know, I I just moved and I have nowhere near me. I have no one near me that's that wants to hang out and and go for walks with the babies and, and things like that. And I can completely understand that because I felt like I had a blog, you know, oh gosh, six years prior to having no, no, four years five years, something like that. Who cares? Before I had children. And so once I did have children, I felt like that's when my addiction really started with just, I mean, social media was obviously, it didn't come around until like what, 2010, 2011, 20. So I couldn't, didn't really have the possibility of being addicted prior to that. But once I had a kid, it was like, you know, once I got out of that like six month phase of just being so sleep deprived and all of that, I was like, oh, I can share everything on here. And I get all of these responses like, oh, I feel exactly how you feel. I And you're, you're just constantly soaking in all of that because you're like, oh my gosh, finally someone feels the same way that I do. And I'm feeling really connected to this. And, you know, your dopamine goes up and you're like, I need to keep using this. I need to keep, you know, being part of this because it's making me feel better. And it's that sense of community that you really need, you know? So I do think you know, I don't have experience working with, like you said, there's so many different MLMs out there, but I do know that some specifically from people that I've heard will seek out, you know, that certain age range where women are having babies and they're needing that sense of community. And that's what they're providing. They're saying, Oh, come, you know, come with us. We have this whole group of supportive women that will come and hold you up when you need, you know, that sort of thing. And so it's, it's, it's really enticing because you're like, well, where else am I going to get that? You know? Yeah. And mine overlapped. Yeah. It's really hard. And mine overlapped because same exact thing. Like I was lonely. I didn't have a lot of mom friends. I was working full time. I had all this stuff going on. And not only was it community, but it was people who were like me, who were looking for alternative solutions, who wanted to bring more natural options into their home, which again, we can, we can unpack that word. But I do think that there is something valid about, you know, people seeking what is to believe safe options to have in their homes and around their kids in terms of the products that they're using and the things they're exposing them to. And so you're like, oh, well, you're like me. This is a community. And you become, I can't think of a good word, but you become entrenched in it. Because once you start developing relationships, and once you start becoming part of the community, you want more of it. And then you trust these people. And then they're sharing, they're sharing information. And you're like, well, it has to be, it has to be true. And you want it to be true, because it represents, honestly, and I get emotional talking about it. But for me, like it represented hope for me related to some of my health challenges. And it represented community and it represented all these beautiful things. And so even when I joined, and I I started sharing, 
about the products. And honestly, so I joined, I got a kit in May. I didn't even open it and use it until like later that summer after my baby was born. And I didn't even consider the business until the end of that year. But even as all those things were happening, I wanted to be more and more a part of it because at that time it was so life-giving. And so I think, you know, we're all looking for a community. We're all looking as moms to be health advocates for ourselves and our kids. And these MLM companies, because I really do want to distinguish before we even go any further in this podcast that this is not a a dig or this is not discounting anybody who is doing an MLM as a business. It's the MLM companies that need to be held accountable and the way that they do and don't train their people and the way they do and don't, you know, control the messaging is more what this is about. But yeah, so it, it's this beautiful, it was this beautiful place of community and learning. And as I started to share, people trusted me because I was a dietitian. I was getting my PhD in public health. And they're like, this is health related. I trust you. And some red flags, not to jump ahead, but some red flags at the beginning is people started asking me medical questions. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, I'm not a medical doctor, you know, not answering that, just navigating all of that. But for me, it really was, it was the community. And not to jump over, but I do think this timeline is important. So I joined, because you were saying you joined earlier. I found something interesting about the timeline because I joined in 2015. And in 2014, there was a very large warning issued by the FDA to many essential oil companies because at that time, and when I read this, I gasped, I'm going to read it to you. At that time, these essential oil companies had wording on their websites about essential oils curing Alzheimer's, cancer, and Ebola. (laughs) And I was like, come again? (laughs) Like, but yeah. So when I started, there was this word that and it's still ordered today, but there was this word that was like compliance. Like you have to be compliant. You have to be compliant. So we were trained as distributors that you had to be compliant. And so there's like a list of words that you can say and a list of words you can't say. But prior to that, prior to 2014, and probably the way that everything was marketed to me individually, there really weren't any boundaries. And so there were like posts on Pinterest of like how to cure an ear infection, you know, how to treat this, how to treat that. So all that to say that I was kind of coming in on the tail end of that and had not been privy to this is how it was before. And so that's also why I think it took me longer to become a little bit more clear on some of the messaging and some of the holes in it because I had come in after this big kind of like shutdown by the FDA. Right. Yeah. So two things I wanted to mention. So the first is that I don't know that there's anything that drives me more crazy than what you were saying about just scrolling Pinterest and seeing these like pretty little images that were made in Photoshop that are claiming that these things can cure X, Y, and Z. Because say you're saying something cures a chronic condition, you're giving that person so much hope, right? In that, I mean, and and I'm sure you know, because you experienced this, this your, your, your experience firsthand, right? You are so desperately looking for something for a cure, right? or to make you feel better or what have you. And so it gives people this false hope and it makes me insane. But not only that, I mean, that is, that is so incredibly irresponsible because, you know, if you're telling somebody that they can cure their kid's ear infection with, you know, whatever it might be, and that poor child, you know, goes on to 
have worsening fever, worsening symptoms, and ends up, you know, being much more sick than they would have been because they were trying some interesting thing they found on Pinterest in some fancy little collage, you know, I, I don't know, it, that just drives me insane. And then the second thing was on the along the same topic, which was, we were saying they kind of for messaging, I have seeing that they've target, you know, moms specifically looking for community, but also targeting for their clientele, people that have chronic conditions, because those people that are experiencing like my mother has a chronic condition, and it's like, Oh, well, I know something that can cure, you know, your, you know, lupus and your endometriosis and your like all these, you know, your chronic back pain, you're you're this, you're that. And that's really frustrating. Because are you like, it's like, are you trying to tell me that I've now seen how many providers and experts in the medical field, they've tried X, Y, and Z on me, which unfortunately haven't provided me any relief. But you're saying you who have no, who might have no background in any of this, you have some magical medicine for me (laughs) that will cure my symptoms. And while I wish it were true, I, I really do, because that would be a wonderful thing. It's just gives false hope and it steals your money. And that it's, it's just really, really frustrating. Well, and and it ties back into the, sorry to interrupt. It was ties back into, and if we have time, I want to kind of circle back to the supplement thing, because I loved your, your episode with Abby Blanger about that. Oh yeah. But it's, it's cost. It can be harmless. It can be harmful, but it's always costly. Even if we're talking about supplements or we're talking about essential oils. And it's just, I mean, that was something that I personally wrestled with as someone with a PhD in public health. And then like doing this MLM business, I constantly wrestled with this, like, why am I like, I use these for my family and I can afford them, but like, this is not accessible to most people. And so like, it was just this constant disconnect, which, which obviously like we all are in different places and we make different decisions for our families, but it was a constant disconnect for me because I was like, regardless, like this is costly and not everyone can access it. And something about something I did want to add on to this community piece is that so a lot of people don't know kind of the nuance of some of these things. So with compliance, it's from compliance, FDA compliance in terms of labeling is FDA is over labeling in terms of compliance in terms of like advertising and marketing as a federal trade commission, which is a whole other thing. But what people don't understand is that when quote unquote compliance came into play, these companies were very strict on their distributors in terms of what they're saying in public online. So like what's being written in blogs on post but they can't and do not regulate these Facebook groups. So there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people in these Facebook groups within these communities and information is just, I mean, it's a free for all. And so it's like people saying like, well, I use this for this. I'm not, I can't even name the conditions cause it just is too much, but like they'll say like, Oh, I'm using this to treat this or I'm using this to treat this or I use this on my baby and et cetera. And it's so it's still doing damage, even if it even if the FDA is saying like, hold up, like you can't market it as that those messages are still getting into the hands of people that are being recruited into these groups. And so it's really important that people kind of understand that. Yeah, I I mean, at this point, I mean, I don't think with the internet, the way it is, it would just be, you know, impossible to kind of like, 
regulate all of that. And I, with the several episodes I have done, as far as like regulating the beauty industry, regulating the food industry, regulating the wellness industry, it's really hard. And I mean, I, I do think that there's potential to do a little bit of a better job, <laughs> I would say. But I also don't know. I'm, I'm very naive to what that would entail. You know, I, I have no idea, you know, the ins and outs of, of what that would entail and all that. So, you know, as, as somebody from the outside looking in, it's just, I guess, infuriating to be able to just walk into a store and purchase something that could be, it might not be, but it could be harmful to you. And you don't know exactly what might be in it. There could be hidden ingredients that aren't you know, actually on the label. And that to me is, it's just not right. And we should be able to do a better job of that. And and it's just not happening. So. Well, and you're bringing up a really important point that I want everybody listening to this to hear that the way that the FDA regulates things like supplements and essential oils, there are not strict guidelines. And so yes, that is true. And we can talk about that. And we need we need better accountability. And there could be things in there that may be harmful. But what happens is people on the other end of the spectrum, specifically in my experience, these large MLMs take that fear and they use that fear to market it to moms to say, well, what you're buying at Target is harming your child. So it's like, okay, health always is somewhere in the middle. So like, yes, there may be ways that we could do better accountability, but also like not all of it is not completely regulated. Something that I mentioned to this to you before when we were talking was doing some reading before this discussion. So a lot of people, me included, (laughs) essential oils have been around for thousands of years and there are people distributing them way before there were these MLMs. And it's, it's a general consensus slash opinion that MLMs are much more likely to skirt federal regulations around some of these compliance language. We see this to be true when it comes to the business structure of MLMs. I know you've taught we've taught you've talked about on your podcast and I have also listened to the Dream podcast. There's a book called Ponzinomics if people want to go check that out. But it's not just financial. It's also in terms of how the products are marketed that there are some traditional producers of essential oils that are holding to these standards of accountability in a little bit more of a transparent way. So that was new information to me that I would encourage people to check out as well if essential oils are something that they're wanting to use for their family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember exactly the statistic. I think I might have mentioned it in a previous episode, but you know, it just it, it goes through this this whole breakdown of how much money everybody in the MLM makes. And it's something crazy like I don't know, less than 5% of people actually make make money. I think it's even less than that. I think it's less than that. And something yeah. that people, I mean, people can go do their own research on this because mm-hmm. this yeah, is sure. not about this. My podcast is kind of more about my story and how I got involved and got yeah. out. But what a lot of people don't realize is that because of the payment structure of MLMs, they also have to make their products cost more. And so we were always told as distributors, like, oh, well, it costs more because it's higher quality. And that's not completely the truth. So that's just something for people to consider as well. Today's episode is sponsored by Haya. Haya vitamins are pediatrician approved, super powered vitamins for kids. 
Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. These include vitamin D, B12, C, zinc, folate, and many others to help support immunity, energy, brain function, and more. We started using Haya about a year and a half ago. Our kids really love them, but I was a bit skeptical because they were taking a gummy vitamin prior, and I was worried that they would complain that these weren't sweet enough, but that wasn't the case. I love that these vitamins are made with zero sugar. When your first order arrives, it will come with a refillable glass bottle to decorate. Stickers are included, and our kids loved decorating their vitamin bottle. We do make sure to keep these stored in a place where we only have access to them because we wouldn't want our kids getting to them and taking more than they need per day. I have a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin for you all for 50% off your first order. To claim this, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash Lindsay. That's L-Y-N-Z-Y. This deal is not available on the regular website. You have to go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash Lindsay and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. I will also link this up in the show notes. So why don't you tell us a little bit more, like, so you decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. And, you know, what were you, like, how were you selling it? What was your appeal to, you know, your customers and things like that? What were you doing? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, I did it for a long time. Like I wish, like, and they, and I carry a lot of like, I've, I mean, I've got to process my own stuff about this. So I actively started the business at the beginning of 2016. And I loved being part of the community. I loved I, I mean, I'm an educator by training. So I loved the education piece. I loved educating on social media, I would educate in person and hold classes. And I was very, what was interesting is when I started telling my story, because they teach you like, tell your story about how you got involved. Well, my story of how I got involved is already problematic for selling because I, I got involved for my personal health. And so that when I first started sharing and kind of telling people that, that's when I started getting the like, well, what can I use for heartburn? And what can I use for this? And I'm like, whoa, 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 like, this is not, this is not what I've gotten myself into. So I shifted and I talked about the lifestyle change. I talked about, you know, swipping, switching out products. I talked about how, you know, I wanted better alternatives. I have three daughters. They are nine, six and three. And as a mom of young girls, like I became very, I became very aware really when I was pregnant with my first daughter, just about like you were talking about all the different compounds that are in products that are on the shelves and how they can impact our health. And we know that there's some gray area there, but there is a significant body of research showing that some of the compounds in beauty household cleaning products can be endocrine disruptors and they can impact you know, and as a mom of three girls, I'm like, ah, like I got to really like filter what's coming in my home. And so I talked about that. I talked about my tagline and it's in my bio is I want women and mothers to be their own health advocates and I want them to be informed consumers. And so I really talked about that. I talked about the switches that I was making. I talked about how much better I felt. Something that's important to acknowledge and we can talk about the supplement piece now or we can talk about it later is that the majority of these companies are selling a wide range of products. So the company that I was a part of sold essential oils, they sold cleaning products, they sold supplements, they sold beauty products. And you really like, 
there's no way you could be an expert on that volume. Yeah. And also too, like just the messaging around like how they were marketed, it was, so I was, I was encouraged as a independent distributor to overhaul all of my products hello, because it benefits the company. But I was, I was encouraged to like switch everything out in my home for the for this company. And I did. And so it was like this, this is the lifestyle I lead, look at, you know, look at this and look at that. But the truth was, is that I wasn't making money. And I kept, but I kept doing it because of the hope, like the hope that I was promised. And when I say the hope that I was promised, I mean more financially. I mean, I did see, I mean, I'll be really honest and say, like, I did see some individual results using some of the products for my own health, but nothing life changing. And obviously, everybody's story is different, but I am now working with a allergist immunologist who has like figured out this profile for medicines for this profile of medicines for me that has been life-changing. And I think about how I delayed seeking that for so long because of the false hope and the messages that I was getting through this community. I'm not, I take full responsibility for it, but I do think it played a role because I was taught to believe that this was the best way. You know, yeah, like and, the, and, these and the alternatives were healthier. Way. Yes, the, yes, the more organic way, the more the more natural way, more yeah. natural. Exactly, it's the wording. And we talked about this a lot in the in my clean beauty industry podcast episode that I did because it is it, it truly is all wording. You know, they'll take an ingredient and they'll say, "Oh, this you know this is free of X Y." You know, you'll hear parabens and like all these different things. But if you were to actually do the research on it, like. Oh, that product never contained parabens to begin with. You know what I mean? Right, so, oh, right. Okay. It's free of the things it's always been free of. That's great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's where, you know, I, and again, like we've said this whole time, we all fall into this. I fell into this. I still fall into these things. Like this is not, you know, standing from a ground of, oh, you know, I've never, like, I like have been tricked into these things over and over and over again. And so it's, like I said, it's knowledge is power and just knowing what to look out for and, you know, how to, how to do, you know, I hate saying do your own research because that is, it's like a phrase where it's like, well, I don't know. We, I, we could go do a whole episode on that, I guess. But do you know what I mean? Because it is, if you're saying that it is sometimes, I mean, yes, you can, you know, go into the internet and say, okay, well, does this product typically contain these ingredients? Oh, it doesn't. Okay, well, this product is saying it's free of these things, but it always has been. So that's, that's something you can easily look up. But when it comes to actual research and reading research articles and being able to decipher and figure these, these things out and the results and what they mean is truly an art. And it's something that people go to school for many, many years for, and it is a difficult thing to do. And uh, as a PA, we knew very little as, as far as reading studies, being able to decipher them. And, you know, I still read studies and I'm like, okay, whoa, you know, and my husband, you know, does tons of research and writes research papers. And so, you know, whenever I have questions, I'm like, okay, can you break this down a little bit for me? Cause it is, it, it's a lot sometimes. And so, you know, when people it's a lot all the time. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I have a PhD in public health. I mean, like I am one of those people I've studied, like I've studied research. I do research. And so I even laugh, like when I say like, Oh, I researched for this podcast. I'm like, no, I didn't. I Googled. Um, Right. Exactly. But, (laughs) but it really, so I do think this is an important point to make though here about this topic, because so for example, 
the average readership of a journal article is like five people, which is really discouraging for someone who publishes papers. Oh, yeah. But what's important to know is that, and I teach this in my intro to nutrition class, is that most people, like you said, are not going and finding and reading these research articles and are not trained to interpret them. So what's happening is news outlets or et cetera are you know, cherry picking like yeah. pieces from the articles. However, I do want to say, because I do think that this is really important about essential oils and supplements is that they are not like, so if you go to, you can go to PubMed if anyone wants to like is bored when they're listening <laughs> to this, you can go to PubMed, which is the NIH database for research articles. And there's actually a whole page on essential oils. And there's a lot of articles posted on essential oils. So there is research on essential oils. However, for something to have the level and the depth and the breadth and the consistency of research that we have, for example, for like pharmaceutical drugs, we, we don't have that. We don't have that volume for essential oils. And so what people don't realize is that because we don't have the volume, again, depth, breadth, we don't, there's very limited clinical research we cannot make the same claims. And the other thing is that essential oils and supplements, and when I say supplements, to be really clear, like there's research on vitamin A, there's research on vitamin B, but there's not research on like specific brands and compositions of supplements because essential oils and supplements, combined supplements, whatever, they're adaptogenic in our body. We, we react to them in different ways based on a lot of a big variety of factors. So because we have this limited clinical research, Again, there's no business making claims about prevention, treatment, cure, whatever, because we just don't have it. So all that to say, like, yes, we can do our own personal deep dives or Googling or, you know, whatever. But the truth is, is we just don't have the research and something that was hard for me. So when I started in this, like I was in the middle of my PhD and a lot of my colleagues would be a lot of my colleagues bought essential oils from me. And they were like, well, if Lauren trusts it, you know, I trust it. And they would say like, well, is there research? Well, the particular company that I worked for, they would say like, yes, there is. And they would point you to these articles or whatever. And then I found out uh, a couple years later that the particular publisher that was including these articles was actually owned by the MLM. And the research was also funded by the MLM. So it's like, I mean, that happens... Yes, there's, I mean, that happens all the time. Like there's conflict of interest with funding, with research. They need to say that ahead of time though. It needs to be like, you know, this is our research, but you know, FYI. Right. <laughs> it's funded and it's, by and us. You know, it's, yeah. For everyone fast forwarding right now, because we're talking about research, please don't, because it is, it's really important to understand like why something is considered, like why something would have like be, what am I trying to say? Why something would be regulated by the FDA versus why wouldn't it be? And that research piece is really important. Yeah, no, it, it it really is. And I think I personally, I had gotten pretty frustrated during the last two years, well, two and a half years of COVID where, you know, so many people would say, well, do your research. And it's like, well, hold on. Okay. Like, yeah. Um, you can't really do your own in-depth research and, and understand it. You know, it's just not... It's just not what happens. And so I guess that can be really frustrating because there are experts in, you know, each field because they went to school, they were educated and they earned their degree. And we have those people in those professions for a reason. They earned it. They're educated on it. And so 
it, it makes no sense to tell somebody who is not at all in any research or medical field or, you know, they work in a completely different field altogether and telling them to go do their research. It's like, what does that even mean? Like, what do you actually want them to do? You know, because that doesn't make sense. Like I wouldn't rely on, okay, like, for example, my kids, like, teaching them everything they need to know. I'm not doing, I tried to do it myself. High five to all the homeschooler moms out there, because let me tell you that it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life and I will never do it again. (laughs) But I, I give that job to the teachers. They do an excellent job, you know, and I wouldn't expect for somebody who cleans teeth to teach my kids or like the opposite of that. I wouldn't expect my dentist to teach my kid all everything they need to know about science or whatever. It's just like, so that doesn't make sense to me when we tell people to, to go out and do their own research. It's like, well, there's some middle ground here. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I mean, I want, I just, I am nodding my head profusely and like laughing because I said this to somebody the other day. And I know again, over the past two and a half years, we have just seen this in such concerning volumes of, you know, people speaking out online who have no background in it. And I was actually messaging with somebody online who I follow and she has a chronic condition that is related to the lungs and has been very impacted by the pandemic. And, you know, somebody was telling her, giving her medical advice. And I'm, and I was talking with her and I was like, why is it that with like medical nutrition related things, why is it that we just like take advice from anyone? Whereas like I, as a nutritionist would not go tell someone how to build a bridge as an engineer. Like I would not give someone legal advice. Like it blows my mind. I don't, I I don't understand what, I don't understand what shifted that we've gotten to this point, but I know I mentioned this to you in my proposal for this podcast, but you were such a voice of reason and solid information, especially in the early stages in 2020 of the pandemic. And I don't know if we want to go ahead and kind of shift to like my awakening moment. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I again will probably get emotional, but my father died of COVID. He oh, was one I'm of the so first sorry. people to die in his county. Like we're talking like March 2020. We're talking like the ER did not know how to handle yeah, it. No, they turned didn't. him away. And so obviously it was very real and very personal and the collision of my like PhD in public health and then this personal tragedy just made the whole thing just exponentially more real, clear, et cetera. And so as we were kind of going in at the beginning of 2020, and as we're kind of moving on, I started seeing high up leaders, like the highest paid leaders in the particular company that I was in saying that COVID wasn't real. And like saying that, you know, you could take vitamins and do blah, blah, blah to protect yourself from it. And I was just, I, I obviously was in a very volatile place. So I was just like unfollowing people and like limiting the information that I started consuming. But that was when things like that was when for me personally, I started to see the holes and the holes started getting bigger and it just became harder and harder for me to justify being part of a company that was disseminating like that kind of information. And I think something that, you know, there, and I can, I'll let you kind of go back and ask questions and kind of clarify, but that was, that was a huge like wake up moment for me. Like, cause it's one thing just to, it's one thing to say like, okay, well you believe this and I believe this and that's okay. And we can kind of work together. It's another thing when you're part of something that is like, 
completely denouncing like your personal experience. It's completely denouncing like the degree that you have. And so that for me was like the beginning of the end were those comments around. And honestly, they're using it for marketing. They're saying, this isn't real. Use this product I'm selling to help, which there's just so many things wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so first of all, I'm, I'm so sorry. That's devastating. And I think to add insult to injury is, is just so awful because of what you said, where you have these COVID deniers and it's like, how dare you? Like it's, it's, you know, it's so personal for you and it's something that really hit home for you. And so on top of, you know, it wasn't like you lost a family member because they woke up and had a stroke or a heart attack or what have you. You had a family member die of something that 50% of the country, or, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just average, whatever it was, don't believe it's real, you know, or whatever. And so that's really hard because I mean, for a while they're on a daily basis. And I mean, even still probably have to deal with people saying that without knowing what happened to your dad. And that's really hard because I feel like you have to relive that every single time, you know, because it's like, it, it's, it has to be devastating. Like I can't even imagine. I mean, I, you know, my husband and I get angry. Well, not as much anymore. Cause we had to kind of <laughs> to, to like for our own mental health had to kind of back down, but you know, we would, you know, for a long time, I would have patients that would come in and they would say they weren't vaccinated. And then I'd go on my whole spiel. That was just what, what are your concerns? And I would address all of them and I would be super considerate and, you know, just say, you know, like, I understand why some people, I, I do, I do understand why some people would make that choice for themselves with all of the nonsense that's present on the internet. I get it. Like, you don't know what to believe. You have no idea what is going on. I mean, there's, there's just so much misinformation, disinformation everywhere. And so I would always try to say, you know, what are your main concerns? Let's talk about each one of them. And, and I'd go on this whole spiel for like 15 minutes, like as if I had the time to do that. I definitely don't, you know, but I was hoping I would change minds and maybe I did. But, you know, for the most part, it was people would get really angry for the most part. And they would say, you're not pushing that on me. And, you know, conversation ended, but we've given up like on doing all of that unless people ask because, you know, nine times out of 10, you're getting verbally assaulted for bringing it up. And so it's like, it's exhausting. And it, it, there's just like, what are you going to do? You just can't change the minds of those people. But I I can't even imagine that happening to you and then being part of this and hearing that because, you know, first of all, what on earth do you know about it, right? Like what makes you this incredibly educated person that knows everything about a disease that just surfaced, you know, and, and to understand what goes into the treatment of a new disease, a new illness is unbelievable. First of all, the amount of research that we were able to do and the fact that we were able to come up with a vaccine so quickly is like a, an absolute miracle because typically these things take forever, you know, and, and we learn things. I, I still think we're going to learn a lot more about the just everything. I mean, long COVID, forget about it. I mean, I, we have patients come in all the time to the emergency room saying, I'm still experiencing X, Y, and Z. When will it stop? I don't know. We don't know. No one knows, but you can go to this clinic. You can go to this clinic and they can, people still can't exercise years out, still can't exercise, used to be marathon runner, runners, still can't exercise, you know, and, and it'll affect, you know, person A, way differently than it affects person B. I don't know, you know? 
And I think that it will be years and years until we figure some of these things out if we even do. You know, it takes a lot of research to figure out all of these different things. And, you know, for so for somebody who's not even involved in that type of a profession to say, hey, oh, by the way, if you just take X, Y, and Z, you know, that'll help you. You don't need to, you know, like, I just, it, it's so incredibly frustrating. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. So that happened. And then how did you, where did you go from there? Well, and just to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying, it wasn't just one person. It was a lot of people. Like it was a lot of people in leadership in the company. And then now that I'm out, I've, I've heard that there's actually like people. So when I say leadership, I mean like the highest paid independent distributors. I have also heard comments made by people who are actually like leadership in the company, like make comments about like COVID isn't real, anti-vaccine, anti-whatever. And I think, you know, kind of moving, like you said, like moving with that, it was incredibly painful. And it was like, you're completely denouncing, not only are you like being insensitive to my reality, but like, you're disregarding my personal experience, you're disregarding my professional experience. And so I started like becoming hyper aware of what was going on, like with people who I was doing the business with and who were in the community. It became very clear to me that there was like, there were differences in how we were looking and approaching this. And so what I did is I started like trying to find like-minded people because I am a people pleaser to my detriment. And I really honestly, at this point still believed in the financial promise, which is the issue with all of this. And like, I wanted to be in a better place financially for my family. I thought like, well, this is something I can do this is what I thought the whole time. I thought this is a business I can do on the side and it's going to be really lucrative and it's something I believe in. And so I started to try to find like-minded people. I started to try to like feel out what people thought. And thankfully the group that I was a part of was the Facebook group, the community, whatever was not spreading that kind of information. And so I was like, okay, well, other people are saying this, but it's not like, it's not something that, you know, people around me are sharing. I mean, but there were instances where I would kind of speak out or like people in my community would say something and I would kind of, you know, brace myself because I was like, oh, well, what do you think about this? So that was, as, as that time went on this summer, last summer of 2021, all the while, like my time invested in this was less and less because I was like, I mean, I was grieving my father. I was, you know, virtually schooling two children. I had a 18 month old. I mean, like it, this was not like a top priority, but it still was part of my life. I mean, these are some of my closest friends. And so the summer of 2021, I just started to just, uh, I mean, I was taking space away from it. I just started thinking more and more about it. And I actually started, I actually watched the Lula Rich documentary on oh, Amazon yeah. about Lula Roe. Yes. And it was really interesting because I was in this like business group to like try to build my essential oils business. Yeah. 
And I watched this documentary and I was like, this is absurd. Like, but then, and I would like come back to the group and I'd be like, oh, y'all should watch this. Cause like our company is nothing like this company. And then the more that I watched and the more that I thought about it, I was like, this is hitting a little close to home. And so I started consuming information as much as I could. And I listened to the dream podcast. I read that book. I mentioned Ponzi nomics. I really just started doing research as we can laugh about saying that, (laughs) but like gathering my own information, if that's a better word. And I just got to the point where I was like, I honestly, you know, what's interesting actually in all of this is that the reason that I decided not to do it anymore was because of my feelings around the ethics of that particular business model. And it's only since I've said no, like I'm not doing this anymore, which it was last October. So we're coming, I mean, we're not quite out a year. We're at like nine months, eight months. It's just now that I'm able to start unpacking some of this frustration, anger, whatever around the misleading health information. So, and you know, the irony of the timing was that weeks after I quit, our family got COVID. And just as you were saying, it affects everybody differently. It was it was very, very hard on my body. And I had to, I should have been hospitalized. I had to get infusions. Like it was bad. But honestly, I think, because again, this is my personal story and everybody's story is different. I honestly think it was a saving grace that I had like removed myself from that environment because I can't even imagine the guilt and like the, I don't know, emotional damage I would have felt if I had still kind of been in that world and had been sick at the same time. I think I'm grateful for the timing, but it's been a lot to unpack. And I just, yeah, like I said, I got out for different reasons than kind of being kind of questioning these health messages. But now that I'm farther away from it, I can really start to unpack some of that. Yeah, the the hindsight. Yeah. So I I almost feel like you feel about that the way I feel towards social media. Yeah, it's very similar. Yeah. So, you know, having left social media at the middle of December and you know, I still have my podcast Instagram, which my friend Taylor will post like, you know, episodes on there and she'll put into the stories like the episodes that launch. And and that's, you know, basically it. I uh, have gone on maybe two or three times just to throw up a question box for, you know, I had to have some audience stats and things like that, because hopefully I'm going to have, you know, more ads in my podcast, because that's the only way I can make money. That's a whole nother story because I lost all my income because I left Instagram. And so many people are like, well, how do you feel? How do you feel? And I did do a breakdown of how I have been feeling since I left. But I kid you not, like, it is a constant realization and a constant work in progress and a constant, I am completely mind blown by how incredibly affected I was by like from using social media. It's like, oh, I should have known better. I know all these things. I know all about addiction. I know all about, you know, dopamine, all, all about how it works and, you know, have, I don't, it's just when you're, when you're in the midst of it, it's so hard to see. It's so hard to see things when you are part of something and you're in the midst of these things and then you're, you separate yourself from it. And that's when you realize 
oh, oh my gosh. Oh, wow. And then you become more separated and more separated. And you're like, wow, wow, wow. And it, you just start to see so much better than you did before. And and it's really hard to see until you've separated yourself from it. Completely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I mean, something that I did personally, I, I mean, a lot of people, people are starting. I mean, I will say at least the particular MLM that I'm a part of, people are starting to leave in larger numbers. But I like reached out to every single person that I had personally enrolled and told them what I was doing and why, because I felt so strongly that I did not, I had misled people for so long. And I know that I'm not responsible for other people's decisions. Like I'm old enough to have learned that lesson, but I, but I did want them to know, like, this is, this is why I'm doing this. All that to say, when I first at the beginning, and I mean, I was six, so that didn't, that kind of created a time constraint. I didn't really talk about it a lot, like with friends, or I didn't really unpack it because there, I mean, there are still people that I care very much about, care very much about that this is their livelihood. And so I've been very careful about what I've said, but I feel so strongly. And the reason I wanted to do this interview is like you said, like we are all susceptible. We're all going to be in different seasons where we may be more susceptible to misleading information. And I think, you know, like your like your experience with social media like it's not that you're saying that everybody has to do what you're doing but you're saying that for you you got to the point where you couldn't do it anymore and i think for me that certainly was my experience i think it goes one step further again these parallels with social media is like these are things that anyone should consider before <laughs> getting involved with or kind of engaging with some of these things. Because like you said, there's things that could potentially be harmful that you may not be able to see from the beginning. And I, and like I mentioned at the beginning of this discussion with the companies and with social media, like they don't want you to see it. They don't want you to see the things that could potentially be harmful. They want you to see like the community and the pretty products and you know, all these positive reasons why you should be using them. Yeah, absolutely. I was really taken aback. And I've talked about this a few times about the reactions. I'm sure you experienced this with your personal experience as well. But the reactions I originally got when I started talking about the downsides to social media, it was like, I had, I mean, walking on eggshells, like, because people were so angry with me. And that's kind of, I hate to say it, but that's kind of when you know you've kind of gotten into something that needs to be talked about more, you know, because you're like, oh, this is, oh, this is upsetting people because it's so real for people, right? And people thought I was hypocritical and all of these things. And, and and that's fine. People can think, you know, whatever they want to make themselves feel better or what have you, you know, whatever that coping mechanism was, because you're allowed to wake up any day and say, you know what? I think differently about X, Y, and Z and I'm leaving or I'm doing this and I don't agree with it anymore or whatever, you know? And so, yeah, there were, but but people also like, I did two, and I'm sure you did work too before you left this company, work as in like, okay, you know, is this, do I, do I want to leave or do I not want to leave? Why do I want to leave? What are the pros and cons? What are the next? So, you know, for two years, I did that with social media for two years. And mind you, this is part of like my livelihood. This is where I made a lot of my money. I was working four or five shifts at the hospital. I was doing 
like this was what I was doing was being online. <laughs> and that's how I was making money. And, you know, the choice to leave that was detrimental for, you know, finance reasons, and just trying to figure out how I felt about it all, because you start to think about, you know, okay, is this bad for me? Oh, it, it, it might be, you know, how am I using it? Well, let me try to cut down my usage. And every time I tried to cut down my usage, it would just inch back up, you know, after a month or two, yeah, you'd always do really good for a month or two. And then it's, you know, slowly, but it sucks you back in. And for me personally, it just, it just was not a good thing. Like I wanted to be more present in my everyday life and hands down one of the best decisions I've ever made for my life. But again, I can only speak to that from, you know, a personal experience, but I was very surprised by the response I initially got when I had first started talking about it, like last year, where I was saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave at the end of the year. I'm, I'm giving myself time. I have to figure things out. I have, you know, engagements with previous brands and things like that, that I have to finish out. And I want to share with you all, you know, why I'm leaving and hopefully giving some insight. And it was just kind of shocking in the beginning. But then I, then I understood because it was like, Oh, you know, I get emails now where it's like, I, you know, I thought you were crazy. I even unfollowed you. I didn't want to hear it. And then <laughs> it's, 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 it's so cool though. I tell you, those are the best emails I've ever gotten where it's like, I thought you were you're like, I want to get I off anyway. You. Me. you were talking nonsense. I immediately unfollowed you. I was cursing you out. And then, you know, I realized, you know, December, January, what have you, you know, they'll say, well, I was playing with my kid on the floor and I'm just on my phone the whole entire time. Not, and I don't say, I also, I, I don't like using that example because, you know, you don't have to be engaged with your kid 24 seven. None of us are. I mean, please, like we have like other things to do, like laundry and cooking and cleaning and all these things. So, you know, it's very hard to be fully engaged with your child all day, every day, especially when you're a stay home mom. So that's not by all means what I'm saying. But, you know, people will just say like, I would realize how much I'm on my phone, you know, like I'm just not in the moment ever. And, you know, they'd say, okay, well, you know, what I did was I, I went back, I read digital minimalism and I took a month off and then I realized, well, I'm never going back. And so to go from deleting my account for talking about it and cursing me out and saying, no way, no way to a year later, deleting everything and staying there because you felt like the way it felt like that to me is some of the best, like that's the best way I could have influenced anybody. I feel like, you know, to have given them part of their life back and to know that they, you know, are just so much more involved into their everyday life by not being on there is just like, that's really cool. And I think there's some people that probably can set great boundaries. I'm not one of them. And a lot of people aren't, you know, but I'm sure there are people out there, depending on their personality, where they can just say, hey, I'm going to use this for 15 minutes a week. And that's it, you know, and kudos. That's great. I just definitely am not one of those people. And, and you know, it's, it's, it was a job for me. So I'm like, well, oh, if I can make more money, if I can make more money, why wouldn't I, you know? Yeah. There's well, just- and I think that's the difference. Like, so two things that you said, one, when I decided to leave, it was, I was criticized by a person, the person who was my primary person who I thought was a close friend. And I, it was cause it's personal. Mm-hmm. It's personal, you know, and I'm saying like, right. I'm stepping back from something that you're still doing. And the, some of the people that I told, like, I mean, there were people were confused, but there was pushback and there's, there were pushback for my reasons. And I think anytime, like you said, anytime that happens, like, we, we should all get curious. That's what I tell my students when you when something comes up that you disagree with, like get curious, because there's a reason. And I think the other thing too, is like, you were saying with social media, and it was your job, like, I was selling these products to other people. Like, this isn't like I was like, okay, I'm not going to use these anymore. I don't believe in this like particular 
like health messaging. It was like, I was telling other people to do it too. And even though it wasn't my, in my situation, like it wasn't lucrative, it was important to me to draw that line because it wasn't like, I was just like, Oh, well, I'm going to stop buying this brand. It was like, this is, I mean, and this was something that was like in my every thought, every product, every day for five, more than that, six years. Sometimes you just have to draw the line for your own, for your own reasons and then kind of come back. The other thing that came to mind when we were kind of talking about that was, and kind of to circle back and wrap up for my very first thing that I said is like, you know, we have traditional allopathic medicine and, you know, obviously there's, there's the other end is homeopathic options and, you know, health is going to be somewhere in the middle, like health, health for anything is going to be somewhere in the middle. But I think like people knowing that they, if they do want to use like supplements or oils or alternative things, like please tell your doctor, please involve your doctor in those discussions, please involve your doctor or PA or NP or other healthcare provider in discussions about new things that you add. <laughs> you know, like if I can say anything, like health is in the middle. And if you want to seek out those options, please get your messaging from someone, like you said, with education, background, degree in it, and not online or not from a Facebook group or from someone trying to sell you something. Yeah. No, absolutely. I completely agree. So if you could say, I mean, obviously you just did, but do you have anything that you would want to say to somebody that might be considering, you know, for whatever reason it might be, whether they feel like they're doing it because, oh, you know, they might have chronic health issues, they want to try something different, or they're trying to find community. What would your overall advice be to somebody that might be considering either signing up for the, or maybe even somebody listening who is part of, you know, a company that is considered a multi-level marketing company? What would your advice be for them? Like thinking, pausing, filtering. I think for someone who is tempted to join or tempted to buy I would say, you know, be really thoughtful in your decision. I would say, please take into consideration that the products are likely marked up because of the payment structure. The messaging that is used is to get you to buy it. I mean, any messaging used for any product is to get you to buy it. But I would say if you, I would say really give it a second thought if you are thinking of joining thinking of buying some of these products from these wellness-based MLMs. If you're somebody that's in it, I would say there are other things, like there are other things, there are other ways to ask questions. Like that's something when I became a part, I realized like I'm a question asker by nature. Hello, like I've been in school forever and now I teach. (laughs) But like I would ask questions and like they would be dismissed and or just like kind of redirected. And I would just say, keep asking questions, keep asking questions until you feel good about kind of where you are. Because I mean, this is a lot of people's livelihood. And I don't think that needs to be taken lightly either. I know something that was really hard for me when I started coming out of this is that there is definite, very clear, very loud anti MLM camp, and they have valid reasons. But there's also people who are doing this to take care of their families and to like they have these businesses. And I think we have to meet somewhere in the middle. But for me, I want this somewhere in the middle to be just people being more informed about the actual 
business structure, the marketing of the products, and also just to be more aware that everything is just not as it seems. If I know that sounds really vague, but yeah, no, that no makes a lot of sense. I wanted to ask you too. So you were doing this for about what five, six years, five years. So. Were you, did you ever get to a point where you were like, okay, this is making like a substantial amount of money for the time that I'm putting in for and all of that? Did you ever think that? No, never, never. And, and that's, I mean, that's embarrassing to say, but it's true. And I would, I would pay money to go to convention. I was like paying money to do trainings for like how to market on Instagram. I would be part of these business boot camps. I, I don't know if anybody I know I know you post about it before when you're on social media, but I'm an Enneagram three, like I'm an achiever. I'm like, I will do whatever it takes to be good at this. And I was never quote unquote good. And it wasn't until all of this started to unravel that I realized that like the system was kind of set up like that. And and but yeah, so no, I it never was I, I never was at a place where it was like a big chunk of my income financially. And I just kept believing that like that chance would come, which is the whole business model is that you would believe in that chance that would come. And so no, no, it never, it never was. And I I have to say this here because I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't sure if I was going to say it or not, but like I was told things like, well, if you really wanted this, it would happen. Or if you didn't have your, this is going to make you laugh, but like, if you didn't have your PhD to fall back on, maybe you would have gone farther. <laughs> and, I like, and I believed that. Yeah, I believed that at the time, like, oh, well, maybe if I was better at this, or if I put more time and and I kept like, I kept working, trying, working, trying at something that I never, like, I never was going to be successful at because it's, it's just, there's a very small percentage of people who are going to be successful. And that's just the math. And, you know, and like I said, when I kind of think back about something that I did want to just like kind of wrap up and say too, is that like, there are wonderful people who are aromatherapists, like, there are people who are like, on faculty at nursing schools who are like certified aromatherapists, like, this whole there are people who are educated to to use essential oils therapeutically to know about their properties etc and it's just not these independent distributors you know and like we said they're being they're specifically marketed for pregnant women and infants and children and there's just so many concerns with that and so i would just encourage moms especially that are looking at that to just take a second look if you really do want to use like more homeopathic strategies, like find a provider that specializes in that and do it under their guidance is honestly what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great advice. Let's see. What do you want to, do you want to hit anything else before we conclude with my two random questions for you? I think that's it. I mean, the last thing I wanted to say, I know we, this is just like the nutrition professor and me throwing this in there in the episode with Abby Langer, where you also talk about oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, nutrition MLMs. So in the United States, and you mentioned this briefly, in the United States, supplements really are not closely regulated, similar to essential oils. And so there was this Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act in 1994, which made supplement supplement labeling the same as food. And essentially what happened is that it was a deregulation of the supplement industry. And the reason I mentioned that is that 
there's three types of claims that can go on a supplement label. And one of these applies to essential oils. So there's nutrient claims, like, so they can say like, this is a good source of vitamin A, this is fat free, etc. There's health claims like on food where people can say like, oat milk can help reduce cholesterol or like, if there's a health claim that's been supported by research, they can say it. The last category, and sorry, this is like a really fast nutrition 101. But the last category is structure function claims. And those are the types of claims that you see, where they can say whatever they want. And then they say the statement is not supported by the FDA. And so that is the loophole through which like, you're going to see that on any product from a wellness MLM, you're going to see that on any supplement bottle, honestly, if you go into a Walgreens or a CVS. But that structure function claim means it's not necessarily based on the FDA is not approving that they're just saying, okay, you can put that on there as long as you put that disclaimer. And so people really do need to do their research or whatever better term we want to say if they're adding in supplements, oils, etc. Because those things really are not evaluated by the FDA. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, it's just, that's also crazy. Yes. <laughs> it really is. Okay. Random questions. Yeah. Random questions. The first question is, if you could give advice to moms, one piece of advice, what would your one piece of advice be? I thought about this one too. My advice would be there's not one right way to do anything. And I know that's going to frustrate a lot of people. I don't consider myself a parenting expert by any means. But after doing this for almost a decade, there's not one right way. Every situation is going to be different. Every child is going to be different. And it's going to be much more valuable for you to like get to know your child and to kind of think about your own values. That's going to be much more valuable than anything that you can, that someone tells you to do or anything you can read in a book or anything like that. Yes. I want to piggyback off of that just to say that what we were saying earlier about finding community and that a lot of new moms or, you know, I say new moms, but you know, moms in general that are just looking for moms in the same camp as them or to recognize that something is is hard and difficult or, or whatever it is. The internet can sometimes be a disaster of a place for this because as you were saying, you know what's best. You do. And even if you're a first time mom, you will figure that out. We have since the beginning of time, right? Like We've figured out how to be a mom when we've had a baby. And I think it can be really hard to follow people on Instagram, giving you this tip and that tip and, oh, you should do this and do that. And to be honest, it's at least for me, for my personal experience was incredibly overwhelming, anxiety provoking, and constantly felt like I wasn't doing enough or not doing it right. When I, in fact, should have just been doing exactly what I thought was the best thing to do. And so I think a lot of the times it can be really cool and fun to follow people like Dr. Becky. I mean, all hail Dr. Becky. She's amazing. Okay. But I think it can also make us feel less than and make us feel like we're not doing enough and make us feel that we need to be doing more than we already are. And, and I think a lot of us feel, you know, maxed. <laughs> so I don't, you know, I just, I just say that because I hope that, I hope that just gives people listening, like the encouragement to just know that you're the best mom for your kids and you're doing a great job and you don't need the internet, even though it might seem like it gives you some cool tips and tricks sometimes. <laughs> 
But uh, trust your mama gut is what I would add to that. Like, just trust your gut. And like you said, I mean, this, the whole group think and Facebook groups and online and all of that, like there are positives, but, and again, at least in my experience too, it's like, we're desperate for connection. We're desperate for community. And then we're getting involved in these groups and then information is being passed around that whether it's about parenting or products or (laughs) treatment or whatever. Yeah. There's not one right way. Trust your gut. Yeah. So that would be my answer to that one. Awesome. And then the second one is if you could make one meal for your whole family that everybody would eat, that's relatively quick and easy. What would it be? It's either spaghetti or tacos. Yeah. That's what I'm like. What do you do? So we're a hard shell family. So Uh, we just do hard shell, ground beef or ground turkey, and then whatever toppings they want. And then pasta is always a, is always a go-to. But yeah, I find that we do tacos and tacos and spaghetti or something like that more often than not. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I know every time I sit down to do I, so I am one of the worst people when it comes to like meal planning and stuff. Oh, I I, am too. It's terrible. I I always forget something and I can't make one of them. It's just, I don't know what my problem is. I just cannot figure it out. But I also just hate meal planning. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to eat. Like just throw on the same meals as last week. I don't know. I don't care. You know, my kids are like, wait, again? And I'm like, who cares? <laughs> they will be, uh, this is my like dietitian. I tell my students this, like I'm a dietitian. I teach nutrition and I don't, I'm the same way. I don't meal plan. I'm not good at it. I don't do it well. So this is my permission to you that your kids are going to be fine. <laughs> They're going to like, if you are giving them like you're giving them nourishment, you're giving them love or eating together, whatever they're yeah. going to be, they're going to be okay. Yeah. That's what I, tell, yep. <laughs> that's what I yep. tell everybody. I agree. I agree. Well, this was awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know we were saying how incredibly busy <laughs> this season is with kids and everything. So thank you, Lauren, yes. for taking the time out of your day to chat with us today. Well, thank you for having me and letting me tell my story. And I just encourage any woman listening to be your own health advocate be an informed consumer. That's going to look different for everybody, but there are people to support you in that. Awesome. Thanks, Lauren. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. All resources mentioned in this episode can be found in the show notes on lindsayandco.com. To continue these important conversations, head over to Motherhood Meets Medicine on Instagram. Let me know what you learned from this episode and who you would love to hear from next. I always love getting feedback from you. If you're finding value in this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. This will help us to reach even more women from around the world. I'll catch you next week. Until then, don't forget to find some time to unplug, unwind, and have a little fun.